Likuti Sichos, Chelik Tezayin, Volume 16, the third Sicha of a parcel to Shalach. This is a Sicha about the connection between the Mon, the Manad, which is mentioned in this week's Parsha, and Shabbos. And also, there's going to be a takeaway lesson about the faith that a Jew has in earning of his livelihood. It is Parnasa. Also, we'll have an enlightening uh, under, uh, explanation as to the meaning and the essence of the first blessing of Birchas Hamazon, which we bless every time that we eat a formal meal with bread. Just as a slight introduction, in order to familiarize ourselves with some things that we mentioned in the Sicha, in the Torah, we find some varying accounts as to the manner in which, and also the state of which, the manna fell for the Jewish people. In fact, they seem to be contradictory. The sages reconcile it by explaining to us that they actually all are true and that they came down in three different forms, depending for who. When it was for the tzaddikim, the righteous ones amongst the Jewish people, there it came down, first of all, as the Torah mentions, as the Torah refers to it, lechem, as bread. It was ready to eat, ready to go. And it came down right, right at their doorstep, literally at the, at the, you open the door and it was right there. For the Bainanim, for your average Jew, it came down in the form of ugois, of cakes. It still had to be prepared somewhat, but it was almost ready to eat. And it came down somewhere in the neighborhood where they had to, quote, Yatsu Ha'am Lilkai. They had to go out and gather it. They had to actually go pick it up, like somebody goes, I guess, to the, to the corner grocery store. Whereas the Rishayim, the wicked ones, for them, it came down so far away that they had to actually go out there and scout for it and go find it and go collect it. And then when they brought it home, it was in a raw form. They still had to grind it and prepare it, go through all the steps that one would go through in preparing food like in a, in a, as in a recipe. So that's number one. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, that there is an inherent difference between dew and rain, tal and motor. Do we know, the Chazal tell us, and this is based on a story in the Tanakh with Eliyahu Anavi and King Achav, that Tal loinetzer, the do never stops. That is something which is a promise from Hashem, it never ceases. Whereas Geshem, rain, is contingent on the Avodah, on the, on the service, on the behavior of man. In fact, we say it in the Shema every day, we say that, and then it says, if you will keep all the mitzvahs, then Hashem says, I will give the rain in its correct time. So let's go into the Sikha. The first time that the Torah commands us about the particular uh, details of the laws of Shabbos is in our Parsha, in conjunction with the Parsha of the Man, the story of the Manah. It says over there, the details of Shabbos, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what we're allowed to do, a lot of collected on Shabbos, and so on and so forth. Now, since everything in the Torah is with the ultimate precision, it follows and makes sense that there's an intricate and inherent connection between Shabbos and Mon. And not only that, but this actually is something that's evident from the words of, from the teachings, that is, of one of the great Geonim, Rabbi Sadia Goin. The Rasag, of Sadia Goin, he states that if somebody is lost somewhere and doesn't know what the Parsha of the week is, 
It's not like today you have calendars, you have internet. Somebody doesn't know what the Parsha is. What Parsha should they read? There is a mitzvah to read the Parsha on Shabbos. He says if one doesn't know what the Parsha of the week is, one should read the Parsha Saman. He should read the story about the man from this week's Parsha because it has an inherent connection to Shabbos. Now it's interesting that although now we concluded that there is an inherent connection between Shabbos and Mon, but still, on the other hand, the Mon did not come down on Shabbos. The blessing for the Mon was from above, as it says in the Zohar, from it was blessed all the other six days of the week, but it itself did not come down on Shabbos. So we need to understand how exactly, what does this express itself? In other words, how does this, 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 how does this get expressed, this connection between Shabbos and the month. It would seem that if you look at it at first glance, that not only there's no connection between the two, but, ra- in, 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 but rather that they're two opposites. You see, because Shabbos is something which applies to all times. The laws of Shabbos were not just given once and just for that generation. The laws of Shabbos are applicable at all times in any place throughout history. Whereas all the details and all the laws of the man only applied when the month fell. When did the month fall? During the 40 years that the Jews were in the desert. So, how, so, this, so this seems to me that they have no connection. So that it says, perhaps one would be able to suggest the following. That the connection between them is because both don't involve a direct effort uh, uh, or, or, or an application of one's effort. What does that mean? Man fell from the heavens. It's lechem min hashemayim. That's how that's how it's categorized. It's bread from heaven. And Shabbos, you're not allowed to do any work. You're not only not allowed to do any melacha, any tasks. You're not allowed to even think about your work on Shabbos. And that would seem to be the connection. But the Rebbe says that doesn't suffice. Why not? Because we do find by the man itself that there was some kind of effort necessary on the part of man. When, when, first of all, if it was the Bainanim, the average person, they still had to go out and collect it. They still had to prepare it. If it was the wicked, for sure, how much more so they had to go out and scout for it. And then they had to do it. But even the Tzaddikim, even the Tzaddikim had to have some minimal, some minimal effort on their part. Because they still had to open the door and pick it up. They still had to take it and put it on the table and slice it up or whatever it is, cut it up into cubes. So that is different than Shabbos because Shabbos, it says, Kol asuya. Kol asuya. All your work is done. Shabbos has to be um, observed in a manner, in a thought that everything is done, everything is complete, nothing gets done on Shabbos, everything is ready to go. So therefore, it would come out, it would seem that the, the connection between the Mon and the Shabbos is not so much in how you obtain it and so on, but rather it is very much connected and focused on the eating aspect of it, meaning the nutrient aspect of it, the food aspect of it, the preparation of the food and so on, how that comes to, how that comes to play, how we're going to explain in the Sicha, they make the connection between Shabbos and the Mon. And this is also evident in the fact that we know that on Shabbos, there is a mitzvah to eat three meals. Shalosh this. Where do we learn these three meals from? From this week's parsha, from the Pasuk which states 
And it says three times the word Hayoim, in reference to the Hayoim meaning today, in reference to the Mana and Shabbos, it says today you should not go out, today you'll receive it, today there won't be any man. So the three times, this is a reference to the three meals that we eat on Shabbos. So we see that the inherent connection, to summarize, the inherent connection between Shabbos and Man is contingent and revolving around the aspect of eating, the aspect of nutrient for the person. So to get to understand this, we'll look into the verse, look into the Pasuk, Dalit, verse 4, in chapter 16. Over there, Hashem says to Moshe, I will rain down for you bread from the heaven, and the people will go out, and they will collect every for uh, the the matter for every day on its day and then hashem says leman leman means in order this is for this is for the purpose of anasenu that i will test him whether he's going to follow my torah or not in other words hashem says as rashi explains on the words leman anasenu in order for me to test them hashem says what am i going to test them why am i giving them the money and testing them hashem says i am going to test them to see if they're going to adhere to the mitzvahs that are contingent with the man namely number one that they shouldn't leave over from it anything for the next day and number two that they shouldn't go out shabbos to collect so from here it comes out that the objective, Hashem is saying, the objective of the man, the objective of him raining down man on the, on the Jews, is in order to test them in these two things, that A, they shouldn't leave over for the next day, and B, they should keep the Shabbos. And the question is, what's the connection between the two things? What exactly is the, is the, is the connection between these two things? So the Rebbe says we'll understand this by first prefacing, getting a little better appreciation of the novelty, of the idea, the concept of lechem min hashamayim, quote, bread from heaven, the mana, over the regular lechem, the regular bread that we eat, which is called lechem min haaretz, as we say in the bracha, hamoitzi lechem min haaretz. You see, bread that comes from earth, meaning natural bread that we have, the food that we eat, that is very contingent and dependent on the work of man. A person has to go out and he has to plow, he has to seed, or he has to work and earn the money with which to buy the food until a person can have food. Now, it's true that while one is doing what one has to do in order to generate the food, in order to generate a parnasa, one is absolutely clear and aware of the fact that the blessing is coming not from what he's working, but it comes from the fact that Hashem is the one giving the blessing. And it's just that Hashem commanded him in the Torah, Hashem says, Hashem, He will bless you in all that you do. From there we learn that you have to do something. You have to make what we call a ishtablus. You have to make your effort. Still, even though you're aware of that, even while you're doing whatever you're doing to generate your parnasa or to generate your bread, but still at the same time, what meets the eye, so to speak, what seems to be obvious on the surface is that your parnasa is coming also from your work. In other words, you see that you have to put in an effort, you have to do something in order to gain something. Whereas, man, which is, quote, lechem in hashamayim, bread from heaven, over there it's clear and obvious. There's no doubt that the bracha is coming directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore we could understand why the man came down. 
Hashem, the, the, in other words, the objective of the Mon was that Hashem want to in, wanted to instill in Bnei Yisrael, He wanted to instill in us the recognition that everything comes from Hashem without any intermediary, intermediary whatsoever. Although that Lechem in Hashemayim, however, as we said, is not dependent, is not contingent on the effort of man, right? And therefore, where do we see this? The man came down together with do, because do and the man are very similar. They both come down on the initiative of Hashem and the initiative of Kaddish Baruch Hu without any whatsoever involvement from man. Yet, at the same time, there was some effort necessary on the part of man. Meaning, although it came directly from Hashem, unlike the bread that we eat these days, unlike the parnosa that we have these days, but still it involved some, albeit a minimum effort, on the part of man. Even for the tzaddikim, as we mentioned earlier in the introduction, that they had to do very, very little, extremely minimal effort in order to eat the bread. But still, think about it, the bread did not land on their table or did not come directly into their mouth. They still had to take the bread from the doorstep and bring it in and put it on the table, slice it and so on, in order to have it ready to eat. So by virtue of the fact that there was a difference between Sadiqim and Benjamin and Rishoyim, that also tells us that there was some connection to the effort, to the involvement of man. And this will help us better understand why Hashem uses this expression in the verse that we quoted previously, where He says, I'm going to rain down to you. If inherently man is like do, why is He using this expression that I'm going to rain down to you? Because the idea is that it's true that the mana comes down from Hashem directly like tal, like do, it comes from Hashem's initiative, but still, at the end of the day, there is some aspect of it that's like rain that has some connection to the avoida, to the effort of man. Meaning, the way it manifests itself already has some connection to the effort of man. Now, since the 40 years that the Jews were in the desert was a preparation, this was a means of preparing them, of training them for the time that they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, and there the Torah clearly states that one is going to have to plow, one's going to have to sow, one's going to have to reap the harvest, one's going to have to do everything it takes, as we know in natural in natural terms, in order to generate bread, in order to generate parnasa. Therefore, it, they received such a type of bread throughout the 40 years, that on the one hand, it was so clear and obvious, there was no way to mistake that this is coming from man. It was clear and obvious that this is coming directly from Hashem in order to understand that everything comes from Hashem. But then, on the other hand, it had some aspect of it that connects to the, quote, bread from the earth, that will be afterwards in order for it to have some connection. And therefore, when a Yid is in a situation where it seems, like, like we are now, where it seems that the parnasa that we have, that the bread that we have, comes as a result of our work and our effort, yet the Yid knows clearly, without any doubt, that this is similar to Lechem in Hashemayim. Now they have like an interlocked connection, that each one has the aspect of the other, albeit one has more of the aspect of it coming from heaven, whereas one has the aspect of it coming from, so to speak, 
from the work of man as it seems, as it meets the eye. So when a Jew is working and he's doing what he's supposed to do, he understands and he recognizes that no, this is not lechem in haaretz. It looks like it's lechem in haaretz. It looks like it's coming from the ground, meaning from his effort. But no, this is lechem in hashemayim. And now we can understand why they had to have some aspect of this also in the man. And now we'll understand another very interesting thing. Something which, if, if one knows the background, one would immediately ask the question. And here it is. The sages tell us that the first bracha of Bircha Samozim, the first blessing in benching, when we, when, we make a, when we bench after a meal, there's four brachas. The first three are Min HaTorah. The first one, it says, Tikem Ohem Moshe. Moshe was the one who established it. When? Bisha Sheyorad Lahem Hamon. When the mana came down for them. Immediately he established this bracha. Then the next blessing, which is Bircha Sa'aretz, which we, in which we already thank Hashem for the land, for bringing us to the land, and giving us the food of the land, but mainly for the land, that already was established by Yehoshua, which makes sense, after they entered Eretz Yisrael, or as they entered Eretz Yisrael. Now, if you think about it, the main, the main, so to speak, thank you that we're giving Hashem, the main acknowledgement to Hashem for the food that we have, is in the first blessing. That's what we say, the birchas hazan. Hazan means that he satiates, that he gives us to eat, that he feeds us. How is it, or why is it, that that blessing that we make to Hashem, thanking him for the food that we eat, is the blessing that was originally established, and therefore still is, more about the man, which is lechem in Hashemayim. It seems that it has no connection to the bread that we're eating. But the answer is, because this is what we were speaking about, this is what we were saying to the, all along, that even when we eat bread, when a yid eats the bread that's on his table, that he knows he had to work for, or someone had to work for it, and not only did someone have to work for it to earn it, to earn the money to buy it, but the person in order to, to generate it, there's a lot of effort and a lot of work that, and toil that went into it, but at the same time the yid recognizes, and this is what we acknowledge, and what we clearly state when we make the blessing, we recite the blessing of Hazanah Sa'ilam, and, um, and, and we, we, bench Hashem, we thank Hashem for the, the Mazayin, Al-Hamazayin, this is our acknowledgement that the bread that we have doesn't come because of our work, but it comes like, or as if it, was, it were to be, Lechem Min HaShemayim. According to all this, we'll understand the connection, we'll appreciate the connection between Man and Shabbos. What does Man have? So that we'll break it down to three points. Number one, it was Lechem in That means in a revealed and obvious manner, it was clearly, absolutely bread which came directly from heaven. Yet, number two, on the other hand, it had some aspect that connected to the effort of man, as we said before. And number three, that this gives us the ability, gives us the koyach, that we should, even when it comes to our regular lechem in aretz, which seems to be all about our effort and our work, even there we should, we should recognize and we should believe with absolute faith that it comes directly from Hashem. These three ideas, these three points, we also find in Shabbos. When it comes to Shabbos, it says, the Chazal tell us, and this is a halacha, that if one doesn't have the means to buy food for Shabbos, 
to have Oynik Shabbos, that pleasure on Shabbos. Hashem says, Livu alive ani pereya. You borrow on my account and I'll pay it back. In other words, you have full faith. You have to rely totally on Hashem that He'll make it happen. And you borrow money and you, in other words, you go beyond your means. Normally, a yid's not supposed to live beyond his means. But when it comes to Shabbos, you're allowed to. So that's one aspect on the one hand. But however, number two, on the other hand, you see that it involves some effort. Hashem doesn't say, open, open your window and I'll throw in money for Shabbos. No, He says, go out there and borrow money. You have to make an effort. Moreover, Chazal tell us, and this is the halacha, that the only time you're allowed to borrow money for the needs of Shabbos is only if you have some collateral. In other words, it can't just be totally and absolutely relying on Hashem without any whatsoever accountability or responsibility. If you have something to back it up, the only concern is, where am I going to get the money to get back my collateral? Hashem says, don't worry, you give that and I'll, I'll see to it that you'll get the money back. So, on the, so you see again number two, which matches up, which is parallel to the man, there's an aspect of it which is contingent on the effort of man. And on number three, the fact that a person believes in Hashem and spends on the needs of Shabbos, that in itself blesses the entire week and makes it so that during the week when he works and he needs to generate a parnasa, according to Torah, he sees clearly and he understands that it comes all from Hashem. And this is the connection now we can appreciate between the two things, the two aspects which we asked in the beginning of the Sicha, the, the two things that Rashi brought down, the, the, the two mitzvahs, how they're connected. The al yoyser ad that you're not allowed to leave over from it until the next day, Hashem said that's from the man. And that number two, that the whole, that the, that, or the, the six days of the week that the man fell, that was blessed from Shabbos. It's the same aspect and the same idea. In other words, the fact that a Jew doesn't worry about, quote, what's going to be tomorrow, is the same idea of Shabbos, that a Jew recognizes and sees clearly that his parnasa comes from Hashem. However, in actuality, the mon did not come down on Shabbos. But the blessing for it, meaning the blessing above, that was generated on Shabbos. And there, then it came down the rest of the week. Likewise, on Shabbos, one is not allowed to even think about his work on Shabbos, let alone do anything to generate a parnasa. But the blessing for the rest of the week comes from Shabbos, and the preparation for Shabbos also has to come from the week. So you see again the connection going back and forth. On the one hand, it's totally from above, but on the other hand, where there is somewhat of a connection to man's effort, and that is the idea that connects the two, as we asked in the beginning of the Sikha, what's the connection between the Mun and Shabbos?